Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11, our special Thanksgiving edition. Sitting across from me, Greg Dutcher. Greg, how you doing? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Cutting edge right there. That's right. Doing great. Doing great. We don't need no stinking recordings. That's right. Hey, uh, quick update on the Ravens. You know, they, they won yesterday at a very low cost. <laughs> they uh, lost our franchise quarterback for the season and our franchise running back for the season. So I think we're in good shape. Ready to go. We are ready to go all the way to that first round draft pick. <laughs> but we and, get to upgrade to Matt Schaub, so that's yeah. Oh, that's going to be good because he was looking really impressive uh, at the tail end of his career in Houston. But yes, that's right. Talk. And we have Dave Shive joining us once again. Dave, how you doing? It's been a little while. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting next to a turkey here. So <laughs> it's appropriate on Thanksgiving. That was good. Good church humor. Yes, I like it. <laughs> nice and clean. Yes. <laughs> for now for now that's what we put on the air well we do want to get into um thanksgiving i understand we have a uh a special caller that's going to be joining us today greg yes i i have no idea how this guy finds out our schedule i i, I truly don't um but uh, yeah he called a few weeks ago when steve hartland was going to be on yeah um apparently here dave you were going to be on and um Look, we just have a policy. We play whatever our callers call. We play it. So I just want you to know that going right. into it. So we'll have to see what he says. But this guy, this is now the second time he called us. So uh, here we go. It's the voicemail we received this weekend. Uh, yes, uh, Reverend uh, James King from internationally known James King, King James Bible-believing, teaching, preaching ministries, calling again. To this podcast, i.e. anti-Godcast, because I understand there's a special guest. Oh, how special. A man by the name of Dave Shive is going to be on the show, I'm told, today. First of all, let's consider this man's name. Dave Shive. Does that sound like a godly man to you? What man with a first name like David would choose to shorten it to Dave? He could be identified with a glorious man on the pages of Bible history, but instead, out of shame of that identification, shortens it to something more relevant and culturally acceptable, the way all the heretics and liars have done through the ages. But secondly, and more concerning, I would urge your listeners to look up this man on the interweb, and you will see a disturbing feature. His hair color is unnaturally white, not gray, white. You see this bizarre mop of hair on this man I would urge you to use Bible logic and see there's only one of two options available to you number one here's a practitioner of dark arts that has more in keeping with divination and sorcery than he does rightly dividing the word of truth but secondly and even more scary but probably more likely with a man of this vile nature just look at the book of Revelation. What's Jesus' hair color in that book? Come on, say it to me. Now it's white. White like wool. So clearly, this man thinks he's some kind of a new messiah sent to rescue primitive, fundamental, Bible-believing Christians from their unsophisticated ways. I have actually heard this man has taken a few shots at the King James Bible. Yes, I said it. The King James Bible. Saying there's some grammar problems in it and all these sophisticated fancy words he uses now why doesn't he just say what he really believes that when god chose to give us his word in elizabethan english he made a mistake because that's what this man believes he likes these other so-called versions perversions i call them of the bible niv not inspired hey, i've even told he uses his newfangled esv easily satan's version beware <laughs> listeners what you're going to hear from this man today straight out of the pit of hell. I'm warning you. This is a man who is so full, so full of false doctrine when he cuts himself shaving in the morning, he bleeds heresy. You've been told by the Reverend James King of James King, King James, Bible-believing, teaching, preaching ministries, holding forth the word of God to a dark and crooked generation. <laughs> man. Oh, Dave, my I'm word. sorry. Uh, Reverend. Uh, oh, yeah. He's, uh, 
I mean, that, that dude's not a fan of me. My word, yeah. I've had some critics in the past, but <laughs> I mean, this is way over the top. Wow. And I want to know how James King uh, is getting inside information about who the guests are on this podcast. I know. Yeah. it's yeah. That's what we need to figure out. We but, do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got a spy somewhere in the organization. Yes. And Dave, I want to say I think your white hair is a sign of maturity. <laughs> <laughs> he and, left that out as an option. I know. He did. <laughs> well, he was using Bible logic. Right, yeah. And there were two options you could get. Well, so. the Bible logic also includes the hoary head as the source of wisdom. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's what the King James says. Is that right? <laughs> Dave, we might need to, we, we might need to go. Yeah, you know, some King James only people think there's codes in the text. Oh yeah, and so maybe that's how he found out about me being here. Oh, he saw that... a code in the King James Bible. So you think that these Go to Eleven podcasts may have been predictively included? Yes. in the original canon of yes. Scripture. Yes, yes, that would be awesome. Yeah, Nostradamus when... yeah. on the move. <laughs> when God spoke in the uh, Elizabethan language. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Which is what He chose to give us. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> Um, today we are going to be talking about all things uh, Thanksgiving, uh, but first we do want to make mention of and, and discuss a little bit um, the situation going on with ISIS, uh, the refugees, and we're, we're particularly going to be focusing on the refugees. Um, Greg and I made a decision um, relatively early on in the podcast, and we've kind of deviated a couple times, but uh, that we really don't want to be talking about current events. Mm -hmm. And the reason isn't because we're not interested in them and we don't follow them. It's because by the time a lot of people actually get around to listening to our podcast, the news and events are several weeks old and it's Mm -hmm. dated. Um, And so um, because we're not going live, we're not doing a radio Mm -hmm. program, it's hard to keep up and keep relevant. But I think um, what we're going to be doing in talking about refugees uh, is a timeless topic. And and there are always going to be people in need of help. There are always going to be people who are going to be uh, divided on the issue of what do we do with people who need help from other countries and so forth. And so – Let's go ahead and dive right into that. Um, Dave, we want to start with you. Um, what are your thoughts on refugees? Um, should America take in refugees? How should they do that if they should? I mean, should there be any kind of caution or should we just kind of drop the walls and let anyone and everyone who needs to come in, come in? Give us your thoughts. In like 15 seconds? No, 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 no. <laughs> 25 seconds. <laughs> well, it's, We're generous. It, it is such a multifaceted issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I think uh, I have some. I have a lot of concerns mm-hmm. with how this is being articulated. I'm very uh, bothered by the fear that I sense amongst Christians, mm-hmm. evangelical Christians in particular, who seem to be terrified at the possibilities, and I think that's problematic. And uh, I, I'm concerned about those who try to use the Bible to. Uh, espouse a position on this, especially quoting Old Testament verses, most of which I think are irrelevant to the current situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've got you know, uh, very liberal people who really would never quote the Bible but are now doing it to mm-hmm. defend a position, mm-hmm. and we've got conservatives and everybody in between who are quoting Old Testament texts. And uh, my contention is that most of those contextually have very little to do with our circumstances now. Yeah. And uh, for clarity, Dave, mm-hmm. just because I've seen some of this on Facebook too, yeah. from like friends. So I'm being very right. careful. Friends, <laughs> not naming you yet. Yes. Um, <laughs> that would be uh, the the Old Testament text dealing right. with the welcoming of the foreigner right. and the sojourner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen that yeah. a great deal on social yeah. media, people mm-hmm. quoting that. Yeah. And are, are you. I mean, my first thought, uh, Lisa saw that on one of her feeds uh, and, and said, oh, what do you think of this, Greg? And my first thought is that if you were going to make an application of those texts, um, which is, is a tricky subject anyway, whenever mm-hmm. you're going from old, old to new covenant. But if you were, I would be more inclined to contextualize those in the people of God, i.e. Yes, the church, exactly. not the nation. Right. Is yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our English versions don't help because there's at least three different Hebrew words that are used that are interchangeably translated in our English versions as sojourner, foreigner, alien, stranger. Mm -hmm. And they have different nuances. Mm. And so we get it all garbled because uh, we, we can get any of those four English words without any understanding that they may not all mean the same thing in the Hebrew text. 
There was, uh, I saw one where it was quoting Leviticus 19, 33, and 34, which spoke of the stranger who came in and who should be treated as a citizen of Israel, Mm. which sounds nice, and we want to apply that. The problem is that the stranger in the Old Testament was a person who had gone through a process of gaining the legal status to be a part of the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. And they were treated differently than the foreigner or the alien who had not done that. Interesting. And so, uh, uh, and we don't want to do that. We want to say, we're just going to treat everybody the same, and that's fine, but uh, that just shows the peril that we uh, face when we try to take Old Testament texts and import them to the New Testament. Your comment, I think, is really appropriate, is that we forget this was instruction for the people of God in the Old Testament as to how they were to relate to their world and to their culture. And for us then to make the leap that these principles equally apply to a secular nation like the United States or Germany or whatever, and that they should operate by the same principles is a real stretch, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, rather than saying, here's how the church should function, Mm -hmm. which is what I think would be the natural application of Mm -hmm. those texts. Yeah, Yeah, we've uh, been talking about this. I've always said what we feel burdened as Christians to do missionally, mm-hmm. um, do, do we put on uh, a nation, yeah. our nation or any other nation? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a tricky subject. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I'm torn because, uh, you know, on, on a national political level, people that are seeking safe haven, wow, I mm-hmm. mean, you'd like to think just basic compassion, sure. our hearts go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm far from up on these things, but I think the FBI director, I've been seeing clips a few years ago, said that we could, I think his quote was, we could query a database from Syria till the cows come home. But I think his logic was basically if we don't have uh, an extensive database to begin with, yeah. mm-hmm. how helpful would it be? Yeah. I think he was making the point that we were in Iraq more than a decade, so there was a lot more intelligence work yeah. that was done. So if it was... A nation like Iraq, we might have a much better sense who individual right. people are that could be threats right. to our security, yeah. etc. And I, far smarter people than I deal with those things. And people change, and so we don't know from the time someone was entered into a database True. three, mm-hmm. four, five years ago how many of them have turned and been radicalized. Right. You yeah. don't have that, you know, unless you can constantly update that information. You don't know that. Yeah. But I think I was asked, uh, and my contention is that it's pretty much irrelevant what I think of this whole thing in terms of our country, because I'm not convinced that we have a lot to go by other than urging the law of love to prevail. Mm -hmm. Because um, I have very little control. I have zero control, really, over what our government does. It doesn't really matter what I think. Uh, because the government and the leaders have shown in many cases with an alienation from the populace that they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, you can vote. Yeah, but you know, how, how much confidence do we have in the voting process anymore? Right. right. You know, so we feel like our votes many times are wasted depending on the state you live in. And so uh, for me, I would just say let's operate with the law of love. But if I was talking to a church – in the body of Christ, I think I could give more substantive substantive uh, suggestions on how to approach this whole thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well said, Dave. Yeah. Well said. I, uh, uh, it's it's a complex issue, and I, I do agree. We've mentioned that before. You brought up Nathan on a podcast. Dave was on the. It's considered sometimes a sacred cow. The Christian's duty to vote. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you resonated, if I remember rightly, Dave, with that reservation Nathan was sharing is mm-hmm. that necessarily true if you really are convinced that my vote is not going to do anything or I, I don't I'm not persuaded by the so-called lesser of two evils um, appeal um, is it right to say I, I'm not going to vote you know and uh, that's that's a big subject that uh, mm-hmm. I'll tease out there and mm-hmm. see what people think yeah. about but yeah. I personally am okay with that yeah if a Christian tells me now I understand the argument is if you know it's sort of if, if you if you don't vote, don't complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of get that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a sense you're kind of saying what happens will happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could see an argument that a Christian is very involved, is on mission with their neighbors, their friends, family members. They're they're sort of accepting the 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 national 
um, seeing the way it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and operating from within it. Yeah. Because obviously mm-hmm. in the first century in the Roman Empire, Christians weren't thinking they could change mm-hmm. the uh, right. Roman governmental structure. Yeah. Uh, so I sometimes think, what right. would that look like if we had that mindset? But that yeah. does make some people yeah. upset. Yeah. Because yeah. of the mm-hmm. fusion of the sure. God countries. Yeah. Now. I think we, I thought that after the 60s, 70s, and 80s with the moral majority and all, I thought that we had turned a corner on the our capacity to confuse the United States with the church yeah. <laughs> and with the kingdom of God. But I, I fear that we haven't done a very good job of that. Yeah. Right. Well said. Yeah. Well, and, and um, back to the, to the thing about talking about government, because we are going to be interacting with people. And I see this on Facebook all the time. This is what our government should be doing. To my knowledge, the government hasn't taken a firm position on what we should do yet. Mm. You know, my thoughts are, if if Joy and I are driving along the side of the road or I'm driving and, and I see a, a hitchhiker, a stranger, I have no problem if I'm in the car alone picking up that person and taking them to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. I would not want my mm-hmm. wife doing that. Right. Right. As the head of the house, as someone who, who knows how to protect, who knows how to mm-hmm. defend, I feel very confident and safe saying I can do this, and but I don't want her doing that right. because I know that there are some things missing in that equation yeah. that would make it more dangerous. Mm-hmm. I believe our government operates or should operate similarly saying, okay, these are people, yes, we want to help them, but – is it going to be safe for our people, for our nation mm-hmm. to do this? Yeah. And these are questions that our government has to ask itself and say, can we adequ- adequately protect the people who are already here as mm-hmm. citizens? Right. Um, and, and they're working on that. They're working on trying to answer that, I believe, and, and make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it helps getting on Facebook and, like you said, Dave, like you said, Greg, blasting out these memes – these quotes, these verses. Yeah. And but it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what would Jesus do if yeah. he was here? Well, yeah. let's look at Revelation when yeah. the enemies of God were encircled around him and Christ just blasted them away. You want to look at what yeah. Jesus would do? I mean, yeah. let's let's. We're be very real. selective in the, right. what, what we choose. I think also this highlights the increasing chasm that exists between the American public and the, their government in terms of confidence. Mm-hmm. And so it's not so much that, say, conservatives who are resisting this uh, helping refugees and immigrants, it's not so much that they are opposed to helping people, is that they don't trust what the government is doing. And when you don't trust someone who's in charge, you dig in your heels, even in arbitrary ways. Mm. So if they had full confidence in the president, Congress, their governors, whatever, how would all of this change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, I, I think what we need to do, guys, is uh, get the big fish. Because I'd like to get Donald Trump to give the biblical worldview <laughs> on this issue. Because, you know, he said yeah. recently, you know, he's a Presbyterian, that he has, I think he said, sort of the most centrist, uh, balanced approach. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nathan, could you yeah. pull uh, the strings and get, I, you uh, know, get the I, Trump man on here? I, I know the Donald. I've bumped Good. into him a few Good. times. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. We'll see what we can Let, do. Let's get him on here because I want to. <laughs> I want to <laughs> hear that nuanced yeah. worldview that is put. Make forth. sure he brings his well-worn Bible with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Just a little humor on Thanksgiving week, friend. That's right. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, these are issues that. Uh, we encourage you to talk about with one another. We encourage you, you know, sitting down in a coffee shop one-on-one, going to Panera one-on-one, just hanging out, talking about these things, yeah. discussing these things. I, I, I think the biggest caution is stay off of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> stay off of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help a conversation, no matter what position yeah. you stand on, it doesn't help it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, sitting around discussing, discussing the nuances, yeah. you might not agree, but I think you can do it a lot more yeah. effectively. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. So now we want to go ahead and, uh, talk about Thanksgiving. Um, we do want to dedicate the majority of the podcast to that. Um, starting us off, let's just talk about some, uh, family traditions that we've experienced. And, and Nathan, a quick, Housekeeping announcement. Yeah. That, that I'll tie this into Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for this text. Uh, I'm on a group text thread here with my wife, Matt Smith, his wife, Tracy. You know, they've all been on here in uh-huh. one way or another. Matt's a regular guest, as is Dave. Matt, as you know, is obsessed with Sylvester Stallone, as is my <laughs> wife. 
I'm more comfortable that my wife is obsessed with Stallone than Matt is. <laughs> the later permutation of Stallone or the early Well, one? for Lisa, it would be the early, uh, you know, uh, sort of, as she says, the way he looked in Rocky Three. But that's a different story yeah. altogether. I uh, got this uh, text. It was really sent to Lisa, but I was copying on. It said, Lisa, get this. Sly is on the Ellen show today. Emoticon thumbs up. <laughs> then he said, wow, did I just send this text message as a man? I have issues, but I'm still watching it today. <laughs> All right. Does Dave, any thoughts on that? For- I'm, I'm really thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's about all I can say. I know. Well, I'm thankful I'm not Matt yeah. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, listeners, uh, Matt Smith, uh, Matt at gracecommunity.org, uh, if you want to email him anything about that. But go for yeah, it. Yeah. That's on Route 1 in Kingsville. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yes. You know, drop and, one by and tell them what you think. Yes. They're King James only, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, Nathan, you were asking about tradition. Yeah, just um, guys, talk to us about some of your family traditions during this day. Things that things that you enjoy doing. Does it change year to year, or is it pretty consistent? Dave, start us off. Well, it was just always family. I mean, there wasn't surrounding things that we did, but we tried to get as much of our family together mm-hmm. as we could mm-hmm. uh, around a meal. And uh, when we were raising our kids, uh, we tried to go to grandparents if we could. Or grandparents came to us. Mm-hmm. Get as large a collection of family. Now it's uh, with our kids all married and with eleven grandchildren, it becomes a challenge. So we have to find another time. Our our shy of Thanksgiving will be on the Sunday, the twenty ninth, because of this. Okay, it's always compounded with the fact that my son's birthday falls right around Thanksgiving, also on the twenty fifth. So so it's uh, all about him. Yeah, exactly. It's Mike making it yeah, all about and himself, he, and he wants it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if, of course. if if we don't have a birthday cake on Thanksgiving, he doesn't even come. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, he's so self-absorbed. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I know, Mike. I would I would attest. Yeah. <laughs> Love you out there, yeah. Mike. But uh, I mean, that was the essence was family. Just yeah. having family together, as many family as you can. And uh, to me, that, that and that's what I still enjoy. Yeah. As I get older, uh, approaching my entering my eighth decade mm. in June. Uh, family becomes increasingly precious and important to me. The grandchildren, the children, and uh, the legacy that Kathy and I will leave. And so getting together with them, there's 19 of us when we all get together without anybody else. And that's just, uh, to me, uh, that's irreplaceable. I can't put a value on that. Wow. So um, to get all those people, you have to do it. A few days after Thanksgiving. Well, occasionally we can hit Thanksgiving yeah. or the Friday after. This year, because of Mike's work schedule, he's mm-hmm. working, uh, we had to do it on Sunday. Yeah. Mm. And we'll celebrate his birthday then also because nice. he demands that. Yes. <laughs> yes. We know, Mike, you're so vain. But the um, Isn't that what Carly Simon was singing about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that about Warren Beatty? I, who was that? I can't I think remember. it was Mike. <laughs> yeah, it was Mike. <laughs> the... Um, uh, hosting aspect does Kathy still do it? I mean, so she does no, most of the meal, or no? Uh, no, it, it varies. Uh, this year, it's at my son Dan's up in Hunt Valley. Yeah, and um, typically we we usually end up up there, but it can be at any of our houses. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And then uh, Christmas is usually at our house, but not. No. Is uh, is football part of the tradition? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Very, very nice. Depending on who's playing, right? I mean, we've had some really lousy games lately, especially on Thursday night. That I have no interest in watching. Yeah, because uh, historically, wasn't it always the Lions that played? And frankly, whoever wants to watch yeah. them? And the Cowboys, when they were in their day, were almost always on Thanksgiving sure. Day or Christmas Day. Uh, but now, I mean, even yesterday, trying to find a game that even interested me was really a challenge. Well, what about our game? Dude? Well, our game interested right. me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was riveting. Uh, yeah. The Rams versus well, the Ravens. Well, I tell you what, they always make that last minute. They do. It is true. I will say, if you turn into the Ravens game the last two minutes, yeah. the game's always on the line. Right, exactly. It usually goes. Yeah. Uh, Nothing's easy. No. No, uh, so that's – and how – just out of curiosity, do any of the women, are they into the football or is it, Oh, Kathy is. She, I thought Kathy More was, so yeah. than me. Yeah. Um, Stephanie is to a degree. I think Becca is, but Kathy is probably the most fervent fan. Yeah. And she really gets into it with the Orioles as well. She's, oh, yeah. yeah. Much more than me. My, my favorite one, uh, Thanksgiving-wise, Dave, with football, I remember it was two or three years ago, maybe longer, it was the Harbaugh – uh, yeah, but on Thanksgiving night, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, because yeah. we had family over, and it was us versus the Forty ers yeah. when both teams were really, really good. Yeah, and you've got the two brothers squaring off, yeah. and it was Thanksgiving night, and that that was a that was a good one. Yeah. 
Uh, and that and, was back when when I used to like the Harbaugh's before they their colors. Yeah. <laughs> the more I see it, then the less interesting yeah, they I, are. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> the same way. I was never a big fan of Jim from day yeah, one. Right. John, I held out better hopes, yeah. and I think John is a more polished Jim. Yeah. But when the polish comes off, oh, it's man. not all that great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say neither mine is pretty similar. Uh, in recent years, Lisa uh, has taken upon herself to be the the main hostess. We we mm-hmm. tend to have it at our house. Um, and same thing, Dave, it's, you know, trying to get family together. Lisa has three brothers. One of them mm-hmm. now lives in Texas, so they're not coming up for Thanksgiving. They'll be up for Christmas mm-hmm. and, you know, that, uh, that sort of thing. And then, uh, the other brothers have their, um, families, yep. you know, their wives and, uh, extended relatives. So we tend to host it. My parents come on the alternating year. They come to okay. our house this year. They'll be at our house, which is Always fun to have grandma and grandpa with us, or they'll be at my brother's uh, the next year. And mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't know what it is as I get older, guys. I've come to really love Thanksgiving Day because it's uh, it's to me to me to Lisa she might say differently. It's a lot less stressful than the Christmas season, mm-hmm. which is such yeah. a busy season. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it. Our elders at the church, we've pretty much given up mm-hmm. trying to do anything past December fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just say we know. It's going to be a rat yeah. race at that point. So we, you're probably the kind of guy that just enjoys the holiday. You don't care about the food. No. And Dave, some days no. you probably even fast on Thanksgiving. I, I do. <laughs> I, I do, I, I, I have fasted every Thanksgiving for the last 45 years <laughs> up until about 8 in the morning. And I, um, but I go to bed that night, uh-huh. and I do not eat unless I'm really, really hungry. Oh. Uh, and, and, yeah, imagine that if I... Tried to tell Lisa and my family, you know, I'm fasting this year. Um, yeah. All I, right, where's the punchline? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see you're wasting away to yeah. nothing. <laughs> right. You're a little Dave, gaunt. Just, I'm worried yeah, about you, Greg. Dave, it's just the position I'm leaning in this chair. I mean, if I turn sideways, you can't even see me, man. Um, I, I, would, I would say the one weird tradition that we do food-wise that mm-hmm. I don't like, but a lot of – I think this is a Maryland thing. So you might not know this, Nathan, being a uh, – a uh, northerner, mm-hmm. and you, Dave, can confirm this. Uh, Lisa does pork and sauerkraut, uh-huh. which people I hate it. Yeah. I hate the yeah. smell of it. I hate when it's in the fridge. <laughs> like the next day, you open it up to get something out of the fridge, and oh man, I it's hate it. It's almost like kimchi. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, do you uh, do you guys do pork and sauerkraut? I think my uh, Dan's wife, okay, uh, Becca does. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's not normally a part of our tradition. Yeah, but I think it's it shows up on occasion. Yeah, and I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah, that's I just uh, don't <coughs> dig it. I'm assuming Nathan, your parts that wasn't a thing. Was that it? wasn't a thing? But yeah. I am more familiar with it now that I'm down here because yeah. from what I understand, it's a big German thing. Yeah. So Maryland having a big German population. Right. Joy's grandparents are uh, German, and mm-hmm. so. Um, they, you know, usually there's sauerkraut and yeah. pork at the, at the Thanksgiving table. I yeah. don't partake in it, but it's there. Yeah. Aren't, yeah. aren't oysters a part of that? They are. I know on the Eastern shore, my, yeah. my sister-in-law is from there and that's a big part of it. And mm-hmm. sometimes they do oyster based stuffing yeah. or something yeah. oyster related. Yeah. Man, yeah. I know it is awful. Mm-hmm. Dude. I am a, my mother-in-law makes the best stuff. Yeah. And uh, Dave, this is going to surprise you. I've, I've had some of it. Have you really? Uh, through the years, <laughs> yeah. I've had a plate or two, uh, but it is uh, it is mighty. Tasty. And then you skip the pie and the dessert. Oh, of course, Dave. Yeah. By that point, I'm like, whoa! <laughs> just I've too had enough much. enough tryptophan from that turkey to put me to sleep for just, years. Just nibble on some celery sticks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the desserts, man. What I love is there's only two people in our whole extended family that like pecan pie, uh-huh. and uh, Lisa says for whatever her little baking regimen. Oh, I don't want to do that because you're the only one who eats it and one other person. Mm-hmm. So I go to the Bel Air Bakery down the road, <laughs> usually the week of, and pick up that pecan pie. And Dave, it's all mine. <laughs> you put a dip of <laughs> vanilla ice cream on it? Uh, actually, I don't. You I don't. just like it straight up. Oh, man. I like it's occasionally a no little bit of whipped cream on it. And last year, I tried the chocolate pecan pie. Ooh, no, no. Didn't like it. No, nope, no, nope. There's no yeah. replacement yeah. For, the, uh, for the original. But I, I, love the, um, I love Thanksgiving in itself. One of the things that I've been lamenting, I sound like a, an old man saying this, I hate how Christmas has become sort of, uh, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving has become pre-Christmas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to yeah. me, Thanksgiving is its own yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, and I just, 
it's just nice because you do. Yeah. The, the only agenda that day, I mean, Dave, yeah. you know for me, hang out with family and eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Yeah. When you gather around the table, do you read the King James Bible? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I normally re, uh, read those passages, but obscure Bible passages. <laughs> what we're talking about, the one in what, Second yeah, Kings? Yeah, we, and, we won't go into any detail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things that I like to share, obscure, yeah. unrelated Bible passages on... Um, you know, sores that leak pus and things like that from Leviticus, uh, just to make sure my family's a biblical family. All right. um, yeah, but do you do the, um, what are you thankful for? Uh, on occasion. Uh-huh, yeah. same, same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here, yeah. Yeah, I like to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's good. I've always wondered from a missional standpoint, um, like <laughs> say you've got people that are totally secular, yeah. totally unchurched people uh-huh. at your Thanksgiving meal, which is a great thing to do. Uh, that hasn't happened. We, we're pretty much strictly family, I yeah. think, like you on Thanksgiving. But, um, you know, I don't know if I might adjust in that case mm-hmm. because probably the one of the – I mean, you can always ask somebody, hey, what are you grateful for? You know, mm-hmm. but if people bring a lot of Christianese mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. uh, I could see that making yeah. somebody feel like, oh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of it depends on who you got around the table in your family. Most of my family is very uh, – their cheesy alert is on high. Yeah, and right. so they try to avoid it, and they're very sensitive to who the audience is, and they wouldn't say things that come across really you know, kind of fake and, right. and super spiritual. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't change anything if yeah. there were other people there. Neat. Have you guys ever been in one of those like small group settings? Steve Hartland talks about this a lot, where people have great hearts. They, they want to be really missions-minded, and they've got somebody there who's not a believer, and they talk in such a contrived way where they almost look at the person. Oh, oh by the way, this thing I'm mentioning is um, when I was an unbeliever back when I was in spiritual darkness <laughs> before I came into the light uh, because of Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross and when I received him. Uh, you know, it's sort of the, uh, the high-powered right. uh, yeah, yeah, approach. Yeah. You know, that's... Uh, uh, I would say I wouldn't recommend it as a Thanksgiving no, tag, no, no. you know. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's I again uh, Thanksgiving to me. I just I love it as a day in itself because it kind of forces you to take stock of yeah. uh, you know your family, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, friends, and just just enjoy being together. Well, yeah. I think it's just important to be genuinely thankful and not emotively thankful because we're thinking about you know cool things to say. Yeah. To express our gratitude, but that it just is just down to down to earth, real things that we're appreciative for, and we can say it in a genuine way without having to feel like we're trying to uh, coax somebody or sell a, a product or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I know. For us, our, our Thanksgivings. Um, you know, Joy and I are, are younger than you guys, um, and you know, new newer. Lee married, newerly, newerly. Just go with it, man. Just go with it. Don't ask That's any right. questions. <laughs> Remember, Dave, a guy that one time came up with the term. Uh, we won't mention his identity, but he was struggling, and he was saying, uh, "You know, I'm getting tired of these uh, these these people in sin, uh, making all these in. I'm tired of these insinuendos. <laughs> <laughs> Just go with it, man. Just go with it. Just I like newerly, newerly, newerly um, married." You know, even though we're we're eleven years in, but still, you know, newer than than you and Dave. Eleven years. Um, yes. <laughs> He's a youngin. That's yeah. right. Wet behind the ears. <laughs> um, so ours have actually changed quite a bit. When we were first married, we tried to divide our time. Um, her parents were in North Carolina, mine were in New Hampshire, so tried to divide our time between spending one 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 place or the other. Spent a couple times here. Joy has a lot of family in the area, so we do some here. Um, more recently, since I've been at the liquor store, um, I really – I don't have a Thanksgiving so much because I'm working yeah. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Um, so for me, what's become actually uh, really nice is I just uh, – about a day before I go to the store and I just – I pick up whatever I want to eat. I don't care you know, if I'm in the mood for turkey. I'll pick up you know a small turkey or something like that. Um, if I'm in the mood for pizza, I'll just pick up a pizza. Yeah. Um, Pizza on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Are you an American citizen? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Thinking the um, same thing. Yeah. But what I'll do is I'll go home and I'll just hang out. Joy, um, last year and this year, she's going down to Virginia um, with to have Thanksgiving with her parents, taking um, E, our uh, Chinese boy, down there. And I'm just going to hang out at the house. Play yeah. video games, watch movies, yeah. eat um, pizza. Eat yep. pi- well, actually, this year I did pick up 
two huge turkey legs. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to tearing into mm-hmm. those. Um, and actually, I did get an invite from some friends to go hang out with them, so I might do that for a couple hours. But for me, Thanksgiving just it, – it became over the past few years just a time to recharge yeah. um, because I could have gone up and hung out with Joy's family here in the area. There are nine small children running around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're crazy, they're fun, but after working all day, the last thing I feel like doing is listening to nine children go screaming around the house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so admit, admit it, you hate your nephews and nieces. Is yes. that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're actually my cousins. Oh, your so. cousins. Okay. <laughs> it's okay to hate your cousins. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you have to no. love nephews. <laughs> nephews That's right. No, I actually, I really do love and enjoy them. But for me, spending all day listening to customers come in yeah. and complain about how people are going to be open on Thanksgiving and they're standing right in front of you in your store yeah. buying something, forcing you to be there. Right. I, it just it drove me crazy. Yeah. And so for me to be able to just go home and relax, um, watch what I wanted to watch, mm-hmm. play a video game was was actually I was very thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, when Joy stopped forcing me to to do something on Thanksgiving. Uh, Funny day. that uh, you mentioned the customers coming and complaining, Nathan, because you know I, I think I've mentioned that before in in one context or another. I had a counselor friend mm-hmm. who said, you know, the the dark secret of of counseling. Uh, if you're in the counseling business, Christian or otherwise, mm-hmm. is uh, they they long for this time of year. Yeah. Because so many people go back to dysfunction junction. Yeah. And all these uh, dormant emotions get freshly stirred up. Yeah. yeah. And the calls on Monday morning are, you know, a mile high because, sure. you know, they want to meet and talk. So it's interesting. We're talking. I think we've all – it sounds like we've all got pretty pleasant Thanksgivings, mm-hmm. experiences, traditions. I look forward to it. I talk to people here uh, near the time and tell me they, they hate yeah. Thanksgiving, which is yeah. really sad. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, you, if you're from a dysfunctional family or you, you're an adult and you don't speak – to your siblings or whatever, yeah. that's got to be an awful time oh, yeah. to, to try to get together. And I've often, I've often pondered that because when I get together with my kids and my grandchildren, we all get along. Yeah. There's no buried right. stuff there, you know, mm-hmm. that we got to fake it or something. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't ima- can't imagine what it'd be like if we had to, you know, all that other garbage floating around. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about Dave when you guys play Parcheesi though? Well, it, yeah. It, it that, gets a little bloody. Yeah, we don't do that on holidays. Yeah. We don't want to ruin the holidays. Yeah, I did it one time with the Shy family, and I thought, <laughs> I'm just, I'm an amateur, man. I, I was not ready for the uh, the blows and the uh, collateral damage of Parcheesi. The trash the talking. Yes, yes. Yeah, the, we, the, the, the that's where we really begin our yes. trash talking. Y- you, Dave, and my father, and I've got a little of this in me, are cut from the same cloth. Competitive. <laughs> they are going to yeah. fight to the bitter end. And for you, Dave, come on, let's admit you could say it's about the experience of being together. It's about winning. <laughs> well, and I've passed that on to all three yeah. of my children. <laughs> and surprisingly, my wife, who is very uh, uh, easygoing, yeah. is extremely competitive yes. in Parcheesi yes. to the point that uh, she won't play now yeah. because <laughs> we're so competitive. <laughs> and um, my two daughters-in-laws uh, won't play yeah. at all. Yeah. They won't even be in the same room when we play now. Yeah. But our grandchildren are starting to get into it. Wow. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah, at least. Lisa has, in all seriousness, so if she hears this, uh, well, she won't. But if she did listen to it and she heard it. Uh, Why I, would your wife listen to this? I know. This? I was going to say. Yeah, I, You know what? Interesting. I'll tell everybody. You know, Lisa has not read any of my books. Literally. <laughs> has she read Night Shift? Uh, she did read Night Shift. Okay, well, she, good. she read Dave's book, <laughs> but has literally not read one of my books. We'll save that for another time. Um, but, yeah, she uh, she keeps me on a short lease with games because I do get so yeah. – I just hate the, and I know Dave with you. We played with a mutual friend one time. If you're playing a game like Taboo, it's miserable yeah. to play with somebody who's not good at it. Yeah, you know, yeah. or someone who uh, cuts corners on the rules. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, well, what did you mean by that? We're okay. We'll let that. We'll go. let that yeah. go. We'll uh, take that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's it's not good. My father has stopped playing competitive things at all. He won't do it. Really? Yeah. It just uh, it's his temperament. Yeah. Yeah. They keep in mind this is a man who doesn't watch. Orioles or Ravens games in real time because he gets too frustrated. <laughs> right, right. He's almost 75 years old. Oh, man. But he's just, so he, uh, my brother and I, we take shifts. We call him and tell him, hey, Dad, we won or we lost. He tapes it. You know, he, uh, he gets it on his DVR. And then he says, if we, we win, he can sit back. He can choose to watch it, enjoying, knowing the outcome. I always use that when yeah. I preach on the end times. 
I always say that I use my dad as an example. Yeah. We we can read the Bible and get the the general outcome. Right. God wins. He vindicates his people, you know, and he sets everything right for eternity. Sort of like my dad watching sports. And <laughs> if we lose, uh, he might watch it if it wasn't a blowout because he already knows we're going to lose yeah. it to watch. Oh, how did the quarterback do? How did mm-hmm. the offensive line? What does that ball? tell you about someone who will watch an event where they already know the outcome? I know. <laughs> because I, I just I've recorded games, but I've never watched a one. Once you know what happens, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It's a different mindset, isn't yeah, it? Dave? Really different way to approach it for yeah. sure. I have a friend in Rhode Island, and I, we always argue about the Patriots and the Ravens. Yeah, and I tried to text him once about a, a Patriots game where yeah. they got off on, on uh, to a bad start. His wife intercepted the text and said she was deleting it because he had recorded the game, and she didn't want him to... (laughs) Couldn't get any outside information. No, he didn't want to know anything. Man, you could mess with a guy like that. I know. That's fun. That's fun. That's great. Um, So, Greg, there was something that you had texted me about talking about today, too, and I had never even thought of, and you were wondering um, thoughts and ideas on whether this might be an offensive holiday to American Indians in light of, you know, years later you, you know, have the infamous trail of tears, Mm -hmm. um, in our history in, you know, driving the people from this land off of their land. Uh Um, thoughts on that. Do you, do you think this might be taken as offensive? Because I got to be honest, I'd never even thought about that aspect. It was on my mind because I was watching ESPN. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, I'd love to say I was watching the History Channel or some really <laughs> thoughtful documentary on the or you know original Thanksgiving, and but uh, it was over the Redskins controversy. If anybody yeah, football okay. fan knows, or even outside of that, it's always a controversy. My friend Al Myers, who we reference sometimes, said he heard a guy call our sports station and say, "You know what? <laughs> he thinks Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, should um, should change the logo on the helmets to a potato." That, that way you could keep keep the name, <laughs> kind of it in your face, Redskins, and you just got wouldn't that be funny? Potatoes on the helmet. So uh, yeah, I just thought that was a humorous yeah. observation, but so it just made me think there is a heightened sensitivity to that in this day and age. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more curious if you're good with this stuff. I I, I do not presume to be. Here's where I am right now on the founding of America and early colonial days, pre-colonial days, the the Mayflower, you know, the the arrival of Europeans to to this country. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I have been told definitively this is what happened and why it happened and how it happened. Sometime I'd like to do a podcast on what do we do when there's such divergent opinion, even sometimes among Christians, on history. Like, Mm -hmm. where do you go to get the sources, Uh, which is a whole other subject, but – I did wonder, uh, you know, the the pictures sometimes of the uh, pilgrims and Indians together, um, you know, uh, eating pumpkin pie and that sort of thing. You see that on some greeting cards and sentiments. Right. Curious, Dave, your thoughts. I don't only have a minute or two, but wax well, eloquent. Well, our our problem is going back and trying to understand history from a distance. Yeah. And doing it in a culture that has changed dramatically. When I was a kid, maybe like you guys, uh, Columbus was a national hero. Uh, yes. Was national mm-hmm. hero. Sure. You know, nobody ever said a bad thing about Columbus. And Thanksgiving was just this glorious time of uh, Puritans and Indians gathering around the table and sharing their food and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, cowboy and Indian movies, the Indians were always the bad yeah. people, you know. So, so you you grow up in that kind of culture, which really was skewed to a large degree, but not totally incorrect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now to balance that out, we've gone to the other extreme, yeah. you know. And so it's n- it's never like we can have a simple corrective, yeah, to a wrong perspective. We Good have point. to go to the other. Side and now Columbus is just the most wretched person who ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah, he's an ethnic cleanser. He's yeah. uh, a total imperialist yeah, with, with right. no regard yeah. for human life. And, yeah. Yeah. and even in more recent times, Robert E. Lee, his name's being expunged from all these yeah. places, and Andrew Jackson and these people, uh, because we consider ourselves now to be so enlightened yeah. and so sensitive. And uh, and I think that's a huge problem for us now to try to go back and change the history to conform to more enlightened sensibilities mm, yeah. of our, of our current time. So uh, to me, that's that's an enormous difficulty. We don't see history well, and we 
we project an air of arrogance as if if we had been alive during Columbus's day, we would have stood up for uh, you know the people that he was oppressing, and we would have we would have left the the uh, the Union Army and gone over and, and fought with the Indians, yeah, and you know yeah. all of this kind of thing, and and we would have fought with the South instead of the North, and we would have thought Robert E. Lee was a terrible person, and that ignores the reality that we are also conditioned by our own day and age, and our children and grandchildren will look back at our time period Good and point. say, what was wrong with them? Yeah. Mm. Why couldn't they get it? So I think that's, that's a huge problem, but the reality is, yeah, things were done that were not right. right. But do we have... We've, we've lost the capacity on the public stage to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. That's what my concern is. For any group, including white Christians mm-hmm. who feel they've been oppressed or persecuted or treated unfairly, where does forgiveness enter in? Mm-hmm. And quite often it's we, we, we don't talk about forgiveness. We talk about balancing the scales by doing one thing or another. Yeah, Good. well, well mm-hmm. said, Dave, well said. I mean, I think it, it reminds me... Uh, and again, we might cover that at, at some other point. Every so often, when I've preached on Romans 13 in particular, the natural question that comes up is, what about the founding of our own country, uh-huh. you know, in light of yeah. being submissive to the government? And uh, I, I tend to have the same answer there that I might apply here as you're talking, that, look, um, on one level, we can consider the, the American Revolution as a uh, uh, almost something in a test tube that we, we, we measure against the implications of Romans 13, um, on the broader scale, I look back and, and say, in the sovereignty of God, I live in this country. I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. We have an abundance yeah. that I think we're all even still mm-hmm. unaware of just what what a great abundance yeah. it is. So I think that, that from a believing perspective, I don't think we have to be historical experts. I think we can we can say, I like your, your point, Dave, of trying to have, to me, what's more centrist in our understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, just be thankful that, uh, we have what we have yeah. that God's given us. I think there's a way to do that without, because I used to feel like I've got to figure this out. Yeah. What really happened? And I don't know fully, like you said, David, if we'll, if we'll actually know it. My father, when he was an unbeliever, helped me with this. There was a show uh, years ago called I'll Fly Away that had Sam Watterson, who went on to Law & Order fame mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, what, District Attorney mm-hmm. McCoy, I think was his name. And he played a lawyer in this show. It was set in the 50s. They had a black housekeeper. And it was a really good show. It only made one or two seasons. But I remember talking to my dad about it. I said, oh, you see some of this subtle institutionalized racism. You can tell that Watterson's character is probably uncomfortable with it. You kind of wish he would speak out against it more. Mm-hmm. And I remember my father always saying to me, "Great, he was a man of his time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there was wisdom in that yeah. observation mm-hmm. that there has to be some kind of sensitivity to we don't know. Yeah. You're right. There. Yeah. We go back. Yeah. I would do this and yeah. I would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I would go back yeah. and uh, I would not be like the disciples that yeah. abandoned Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to think, no, I would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would. There's enough evidence of that. It's, uh, what if there had been thing. Facebook in Columbus's day? Yeah. Or during the Civil War? Yeah. yeah. Because we forget what technology has done for us. It's given everybody a platform. It's given everybody an opinion. Mm-hmm. We're all over the place. But there yeah. was a time when there was one or two monolithic worldviews right. prevailing at right. the time. Now we got them all over the place. Right. Great point. Yeah. Well, in, in going back to um, like Columbus, you know, you you look at his writings, his the the things that he wrote personally. Mm-hmm. Forget what historians go back and take away from it, but what he wrote, he. I mean, he genuinely struggled with the idea of what he considered the savages becoming Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and from his perspective, he thought what he was doing was right. Now, yeah, we have the benefit of history and time to look back and say, well, no, that was wrong. But in his day and age, that's what they were doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and no, it doesn't mean that it was right, but it was like Greg, when we had John frame on the other time and he was looking at the theologians and philosophers who came after Christ. It's yeah. like they didn't have the benefit of hindsight. Right. You know, they're in the moment trying to work through That's these things. Point. And and yeah, they're getting a lot of stuff wrong, but you know what? They're getting some stuff right, right. too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I remember I just read um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, The Cost of Discipleship, not mm-hmm. too long ago. And one of the things that um, he kind of wrote in um, 
throughout his time was he did not blame the German people for not rising up against Hitler. Mm. He didn't think mm-hmm. it was the duty and responsibility of the common man under leadership and authority mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Now, he felt that it was his duty to do that, mm-hmm. but he didn't blame the people for not yeah. stopping this and rising yeah. up against this. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which, very, very interesting. Which I, I, I think you know we need to, like you mm-hmm. said, just – Give a little bit more grace yeah. and, and yeah. be a little bit more gracious yeah. to those people who are in their time dealing with these things and trying to figure them out as they go. Right. Well yeah. said. Well said. Yeah, that was uh, that point you make about Frame's observation mm-hmm. was helpful for me, Dave. Just I, I, I had asked him, when I started reading those early church fathers, mm-hmm. you get uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Like, why don't they speak more evangelically mm-hmm. like I would like? Yeah. And does that show? Have we missed something? And he... I think it was good, the idea of, being, again, being men of their time, mm-hmm. yeah. in a sense, and theological sure. discourse was brand new. Yeah. It's so easy for us with all of our yeah. resources to look back. That's yeah. that's a good point. Could you edit that out, Nathan, so that I make that point, <laughs> and then, like, you guys... So, Greg, as you were saying... <laughs> yes. Well, men, just something I remembered and wanted to share. Well, if we're going to talk about Columbus, let's talk about David Brainerd. Yeah. And, you know, there's yeah. a man that spent hours under a buffalo robe out in a snowdrift, yeah. agonizing before God in prayer for the American Indians. Yeah. yeah. And uh, wanting to see the Delaware Indians in particular reach, contracting diseases from his association with them, li- dying at an early age. Yeah, wasn't he, I want to say like 26? Yeah. He was very right. young. Yeah. yeah. He was in his mid 20s when he died, and most of uh, the cause of his death was related to that very thing. Wow. But, I mean, he may be an extreme example, just like maybe Columbus is an extreme example. How many of the kind of David Brainerds were there? Not that they went to his extreme as much as that they felt compassion and they reached out. Yeah, yeah. Well said, Dave. Yeah, Brainerd, for anybody that doesn't know, was kind of historically known as – well, he was Jonathan Edwards' Mm son-in-law, right? And I know that didn't uh, Edward say that, uh, you know, Brainerd's – Little diaries and, and, yeah. and writings were some of the most influential things oh, he'd ever read. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be a great mm-hmm. little plug. Yeah. Yeah. Good reading around this time of year. He obviously couldn't have been a reformed, could he? No, no couldn't no, have been. No, yeah, right. He loved people. <laughs> we are reformed. I mean, I am. Nathan, as Dave might say differently, but uh, just saying... You know, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've been down this road before. Uh, yeah, we have. Uh, so, guys, we're going to go ahead and um, wrap up now. Great discussion. Yeah. Thank um, you, Dave, hope everyone mm-hmm. out there enjoys um, time with their friends and family. And, um, guys, we just rocked the Casper. Thanksgiving style. <laughs> These go to 11.